0: For an Oklahoma City Thunder fan, Kevin Durant, he's about as close to the Antichrist as a man can get. He was once the pride and joy of Oklahoma, a long and lanky sharpshooter with an oddly tight handle and possibly the single most transcendent scoring prowess that the game of basketball had ever seen, ever, save maybe for Michael Jordan or Wilt Chamberlain. The man, dubbed the Slim Reaper, averaged 27.4 points per game in his time with the franchise, winning four scoring titles and an MVP in the process, along with seven all-star appearances and a handful of finishes as MVP runner-up to LeBron James, second in the world only to LeBron James, who is easily a top three player of all time. Kevin Durant seemed well on his way to staking his claim as the single greatest basketball player that Oklahoma City, or the Seattle Supersonics for that matter, had ever had. That was, at least, until the Golden Boys in the Golden State came calling. On July 4th, 2016, in a shocking move that, if I'm honest, has forever ruined the 4th of July for me, Kevin Durant jet for the Golden State Warriors, leaving the Thunder high and dry and seemingly lost without the best player that it had ever known. Losing Durant was a huge blow, a massive blow, a potentially cataclysmic blow. But fortunately for the Thunder, The greatest player in franchise history, the actual greatest player in franchise history, was the six-foot-three-inch point guard that Kevin Durant had left behind. Now, to claim that Russell Westbrook's rise to true NBA superstardom and thunder greatness came out of nowhere wouldn't be fair to the career that he had already pieced together in his days working with Durant. You know, he was a five-time All-Star at that point already. And he was fresh off his first selection to the All-NBA First Team after a string of four All-NBA Second Team selections in five years prior. The only year he missed during that stretch, by the way, was a season that he had to sit out 36 games due to Patrick Beverly being an absolute menace. But that's a different story. He and Durant were widely considered to be one of, if not the top duo in the NBA, only truly rivaled at that time by Kyrie and LeBron. And maybe Stephen Clay on a hot day. Westbrook and Durant were close friends as well. So when Durant left the franchise without even telling him first, well, to say that Westbrook was heated would be a bit of an understatement. And I mean, Westbrook was right to be angry. Westbrook echoed a sentiment that was shared by every Thunder fan and even the majority of the most casual NBA fans. Durant betrayed us. And when you have the drive of Russell Westbrook and the chip on your shoulder, the size of the one that is on the shoulders of Russell Westbrook, the only way to follow up a slide of that magnitude is to drop one of the most magnificent seasons in NBA history. Before the start of the 2016-2017 season, for context, the only man in the history of the NBA To average a triple-double for an an entire season was the great Oscar Robertson, who, sidebar, easily a top-five point guard of all time, in my humble opinion. Robertson averaged 30.8 points, 12.5 rebounds, and 11.4 assists per game in the 1961-62 season. And for 45 years, it seemed like no other man would pull it off again. Outside of Magic Johnson, Jason Kidd, Michael Jordan, and an incredible season by Wilt Chamberlain, nobody else had even pulled off a 10-8-8 season. Enter Westbrook, who already had a reputation as one of the most intense players in the league. Durant left that man in the dust, and Westbrook was out for blood. In the 2016-2017 NBA season, Westbrook went on an inhumane tear, averaging 31.6 points, 10.4 assists, and 10.7 rebounds per game on 43, 34, and 85 shooting splits in only 34.6 minutes per game, nearly 10 whole minutes less than Oscar Robertson's 44.3 in his famous triple-double season. Westbrook dropped five 40-point triple-doubles and three 50-point triple-doubles as he carried an offensively challenged Thunder roster, to a 47-35 and record and the number six seed in the Western Conference playoffs, winning MVP in the process. He compiled 42 triple-doubles on the season, narrowly surpassing Robertson's previous record of 41, and he rallied the entirety of OKC behind him in a season that many thought would be incredibly disappointing before it began. I was one of those people. The Thunder didn't have that firepower to advance past MVP runner-up James Harden's Rockets, but Westbrook lit the city and the franchise on fire, and that smoke caught the eye of a couple other superstars from across the league in Carmelo Anthony and Paul George. Now, following Westbrook's insane season, trades were made to acquire George and Anthony from the Indiana Pacers and New York Knicks, respectively. Now, I would be a cold-blooded liar if I said that the acquisition of Carmelo Anthony worked out for OKC. Though, to be fair to Melo, he was in the twilight of his career at that point, and he And st- he still managed to muster up 16.2 points per game and 5.8 rebounds per game. But he was just, he was too far past his prime. We asked too much of him. So his lack his drop in production coupled with his lackluster defense ultimately led him to be traded to the Atlanta Hawks just one season later but the acquisition of Paul George on the other hand was a wonderful addition to the Thunder roster paul george averaged 25 points 6.9 rebounds and 3.7 assists along with 2.1 steals per game across his two seasons with the franchise his 2018-2019 season was particularly spectacular with George putting up 28 per game and finishing third in both the MVP and Defensive Player of the Year award voting. By the way, while all this was going on, Westbrook, you know, just quietly happened to average a triple-double in both of Paul George's seasons, bringing him to a streak of three straight triple-doubles, which has never been done before and probably will not be done again for a very long time. The 2017, 2018, and 2018-2019 seasons both ended with first round playoff losses, but the playoff losses were widely believed to be more so the fault of George than Westbrook. George played so poorly in the playoffs that he earned the facetious nickname Playoff P and was often the subject of online ridicule, ridicule and absurdly arched memes, although I'd I'd be fully lying if I said I didn't think he deserved it. After the 2018-2019 season ended for the Thunder at the hands of Damian Lillard, who hit one of the most insane playoff game winners that I've ever seen in my two decades of life, both Paul George and Russell Westbrook were shipped off to the Los Angeles Clippers and Houston Rockets, respectively. Unlike Durant, though, Westbrook actually worked with the Thunder's front office to orchestrate a trade that would allow the Thunder to compile assets to build for a better future. The Houston trade essentially netted the Thunder four first-round picks, as well as All-NBA point guard Chris Paul, who is an all-time great in his own right. The Paul George trade also netted the Thunder a whopping seven first-round picks, which is one of the most lopsided trades I've ever seen in my entire time paying attention to NBA history, as well as young guard Shai Gilgis-Alexander who has grown into a remarkably talented and capable young prospect for the current Thunder team. So while Westbrook never quite achieved the same type of playoff success as without Durant as he did with him, he did an amazing job, a spectacular job with the pieces that he had around him. And when it was time for him to leave, he left the Thunder with a plan for their future as well as his own, which is a level of respect That Durant couldn't manage to conjure for the organization that helped him grow into his icon status, which is an icon status dwarfed by the image of Westbrook, for the record. Legacy in the basketball world is not, nor has it ever been exclusively defined by individual play on the court. Maybe it should be. It's not. It's just not. The impact of NBA players of both the past and present has extended past the perimeter, has always extended past the perimeter of the court, especially for the greats. Now, basketball is clearly the way that Westbrook and Durant have made their names, but outside of rim-rattling dunks and aesthetically pleasing numbers, Westbrook has been a prominent figure in both the charity and the fashion world. He's the NBA's premier fashionista and his style has been making waves and stirring up conversation in NBA circles in a way that Durant simply cannot compete with. Now, I'm not going to downplay Durant's shoe line. He he shoe line, he has dropped some beautiful shoes from time to time. I owned a pair back in the day when I was balling in 6th grade myself. I do think Westbrook's Why Not line is far cooler, although I used the Why Not 2.0s for my senior season of basketball, so I'd be I'd be lying if I said it was unbiased. but uh, And a shoe line is a dime a dozen for NBA players nowadays anyway. It's not nearly as rare as it used to be. Anybody with a smidgen of success has a shoe line now. Westbrook had a way of making people excited to see him walk into the arena just to get a peep of his clothes. And if that doesn't scream icon, I'm not sure what does. Also, since we're on the topic of why not, Westbrook also has an award-winning charitable foundation of the same name that he founded in 2012. He won won the NBA's charity award in 2014. The 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 Why Not Foundation focuses on empowering underprivileged youth, a group that Westbrook was dedicated to serving in Oklahoma City and its surrounding areas, and a group that Westbrook has continued to serve in the various cities that he's lived in since his time with Oklahoma City has come to a close. Thousands of pictures have been taken of Westbrook giving out food to the hungry, giving books to kids who don't have many books, and even donating the clothes that he wears to and from the arena. There's absolutely no question who has the larger off-the-court presence between him and Durant. And over the full full scope of their respective careers with the Thunder, I'd argue that Westbrook had a larger on-the-court presence as well. Now, I'd like to consider myself a reasonable man. I'm not going to claim that Westbrook was a better scorer than Durant. Westbrook was not a better scorer than Durant. He never has been. He never will be. However, outside of shooting and rim protection, I think Westbrook was better at everything else. He dwarfs Durant in passing. He averaged 8.4 assists per game with his, in his time with the Thunder, more than doubled Durant's 3.7. Their rebounding numbers were practically identical. Durant has a 0.03 rebound advantage, but Durant is also nearly seven feet tall. He is seven inches taller than Westbrook. Westbrook has a half steal per game advantage, and while Durant's scoring is about five points per game higher, Westbrook left the Thunder as the all-time leading scorer. Outside of raw shooting, there simply isn't enough there for me to give Durant the edge. I understand my opinion is an extremely unpopular one, but it isn't unfounded by any means. The media coverage on Westbrook has been scathing recently. And he's, he's earned it. He, he's earned it. His time with the Lakers has been a mess. But the way he's been getting trounced by the media has led to people forgetting what he was. Especially to Oklahoma City. Especially to Oklahoma City. Westbrook is an incredibly polarizing player who frustrates a lot of people. And a lot of that criticism is warranted. But it's so easy to forget that he's been a shining example to so many kids, including myself. And he is one of the single most talented, most athletic, hardest working players to ever play the game of basketball. He is a man who has worked tirelessly and treated others generously. And regardless of on-court production... That constitutes some respect in my book. Westbrook is a staple of our generation and a damn well-dressed one at that. Durant is a phenomenal player, a generational talent even. But Westbrook is the Oklahoma City Thunder.